Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Time once again for a conversation on the law and how it pertains to you in perhaps your day-to-day routine. Um, and today we're going to talk about a topic that um, I think maybe not a lot of us touch, but I, I, it looks to me like we're going to have a great conversation and find out a lot about it, and we'll find out that maybe it uh, happens more than we think and for reasons we might not expect. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and you know, each week we, we get together here to have a, I uh, would call it a casual but informative conversation on a legal topic. And uh, sometimes we dig a little bit deeper into some new things or we go back and revisit old topics. Today, something we haven't talked about before, and I'm glad to have with me to help us do that, Attorney Emil Alcas from Lavelle Law Limited in Palatine, Illinois. Um, Emil and I are going to talk about, uh, as I said, a very interesting topic, which is the process for legally changing one's name. And uh, as I look through some of the material here, I think we've, we have some interesting things to talk about. So let's get to it. First of all, Emil, thanks very much for taking the time to join me today. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, so before we get into the specifics uh, from a legal perspective of how someone changes a name, you know, let's just talk briefly, although it, you know, it's not necessarily your role, but let's talk a little bit about why. Can you, can you give a few examples of why someone might want or need to legally change their name? Um, yeah, I mean, there's several reasons for it. Um, the more common, the most common one is uh, because of a divorce, where a mm-hmm. spouse, a female spouse, gets divorced and for whatever reason wants to t- revert back to her maiden name. So that, that's a pretty common example. Um, a, a lot of other reasons that we get commonly are children. Um, so you have a child who is, you know, under the age for whatever reason, did not like their name or has never liked their name, and now as an adult wishes to change his or her name to, you know, the name that they they like better. Um, You know, those are the more common ones. Or you've got a, um, you know, somebody that was born, uh, somebody born outside of this country um, who wants to change his or her name um, once once they get uh, citizenship in the United States. So those are some examples. Um, There's plenty of other reasons, uh, but those are the ones that I see pretty frequently. And when you, it's interesting when you mention there a child who perhaps grew up not liking their name. As we have this discussion, are we talking about changing surnames, or would this be a process for changing even just a first name as well? Oh, it could be both. Um, you know, it, it typically is a surname that's that's changed, uh, but the first names, you know, are pretty common as well. Okay. Okay. Um, and I assume you know that uh, there needs to be a process here. That there are specific reasons why someone has to go through the courts to do this, and as opposed to just saying, "Well, I'm going to change my name and proceeding without going through any uh, any formalities." Correct. So there is this legal formality um, which, which the court um, you know has to govern. You know what, what somebody needs to walk away with is a court order. So basically, getting the court's blessing to change your name. Um, you know, to the name that, that you've selected. The procedures are, there's two ways to do it, really. Number one is, um, for example, through a divorce. The mm-hmm. divorce proceeding, in a divorce proceeding, when a, when a judgment is entered dissolving a person's marriage, uh, the, f- the, the female litigant has the option of reverting back to her maiden name should she choose to do so. 
So she doesn't necessarily have to change her name on that day, but it gives her the the ability to do so at a later time so that she doesn't have to come back on a separate name change petition. So that's the easier, I guess, cheaper way of doing it. Uh, But for other people that don't have the ability to be able to do that, um, you have to do a a legal cause of action, which is a name change petition, where you file a petition with the court, um, you serve the interested parties, and then you appear before a judge to see whether the judge will allow you to change your name or not. So it it is a legal proceeding that you have to get involved in, unfortunately. And, and I don't mean to minimize it or the work that might be done associated with it. Um, is I assume this is more than just paperwork, more than you fill out a, a request and submit it to the court and it's done. Is there some additional effort that has to go into it for, for the court's purposes, really? Um, there are. So you've got the ability to – well, what happens is you file the name change petition, you provide notice to – what we call interested parties, which are, you know, your creditors, your spouses, your family members, whoever they may be, um, and the court will have to do what's called a hearing to determine whether they should grant your name change or not. And a, a lot of times, you're right; it, it does seem like this, to the untrained eye, basically, that you know, it's basically just paper that we're shuffling around, and then it gets entered. Uh, but but there is a whole process that, that is involved. Um, the ones that really get kind of sticky are the ones where you have somebody objecting to the name change. So whether it's a former spouse or a parent or somebody else who for whatever reason objects to the name change, and in those circumstances, the court will have what's called a hearing. So basically a little trial, uh, so to speak, to determine whether it's in that person's best interest to have that name changed or not. And, and we'll hear you know, evidence from the person seeking the name change and evidence from the people that are opposed to it. Interesting. Now, you mentioned, let me go back to one thing because a couple of things came to mind here. When you're talking about the person who's going through a divorce and having the opportunity to do it as part of the divorce proceeding, uh, you said it's just more cost-effective to do it that way. I assume that there are some costs associated with this process regardless of the circumstances around it. Is it is it a prohibitive cost uh, for someone to try and pursue this? Um, not necessarily. I mean, there are some costs, but they're not so high in terms of you know dissuading somebody from doing it. So you've got... For example, in the divorce case, you've, uh, there really is no cost because that's sort of wrapped up, I suppose, in the legal fees associated with the divorce case itself. Um, you know, there are some like, administrative fees that you would pay to get a new social security number, or excuse me, no, a new social security card, new driver's license, and all these other you know entities that require you know documents. You know, those because you're paying, you know, you pay fifteen dollars to get a, a change of your birth certificate, for example. Uh, but let's let's talk about the cases where it's not from a divorce. So somebody like myself, for example, that wanted to change my name, I would have to file a name change petition. You know, so that is a filing fee that you would pay the court. You know, it's usually around three hundred to maybe four hundred dollars. Uh, I believe in Cook County, it's three hundred and nineteen dollars to file a name change petition. So you've got that cost. Then you've got to uh, what we call publish or serve that petition among the people that we deem to be interested, the people that we think you know, need to know that we're changing our name. So you've got sheriff's fees, you've got publication fees, and then, uh, like I said earlier, once an order is entered granting you the ability to change your name, you've got these administrative fees that you have to pay to, um, to effectuate all that. So you, you get a, a new birth certificate, for example, that's $15, new driver's license, that's probably $30, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emil, I'll pass over. 
Yeah, and, and uh, we, t- we want to talk about the time associated with it as well, Emil, here in just a minute. Uh, Emil, uh, El Castle of Lavelle Law Limited is the guest. We're exploring the process of legally changing your name, and it, it's pretty interesting stuff, I, I think. So uh, Emil's experienced practitioner in this area. He's, he's done a lot in, in area courts and written some interesting and useful articles on key court processes. You can find those at lavellelaw.com, and I, I mentioned that website uh, because not only are the articles by Emil and others there, many of our past podcasts are well, so a uh, great place to go and get some more information. Um, now, Emil, um, we talked about the reason someone might want to pursue a name change in the process a little bit and the fact that there may be a court hearing or will be a court hearing. Would a court, uh, outside of is someone objecting and, and having to have a hearing, would a court ever reject a name change request? And if so, why would they do that? Um, yeah, so there are some instances where the court would reject one. Um, one reason would be if the person is seeking to change their name because of some fraudulent intent. For example, um, you know they have 20 creditors coming after them, and all of a sudden want to just make themselves disappear, and therefore they'll just change their name and, and hopefully hide. So if there's fraudulent intent, the courts would reject that name change and, and basically deny it. Um, another reason is if the name you're changing your name to uh, interferes with the rights of somebody else. For example, you know, I want to change my name to Coca-Cola. Um, you know, if there's an issue where my name interferes with the rights of somebody else, for example, Coca-Cola, or there is the ability to confuse me with something or somebody else, courts will typically deny that. Um, if somebody has a conviction for either you know it, it, crimes that involve some sort of fraud or sexual abuse like a sex offender uh, those types of petitions are denied again because uh, you know there's a, a public policy to let the public know that this person is you know living in their community so you know but though, other than that uh, you know and then also if there's something that's you know racially offensive or just morally mm-hmm. offensive those types of names are always denied as well. But, you know, other than those instances, and those were quite a few examples, you know, typically the judges would uh, approve a name change. And you mentioned, so when we were talking about costs, uh, you talked about, um, you know, changing some of the personal documents or, or um, licenses, things of that sort. You know, once you get through all of this and the name change has been granted, I assume that the individual you know, has a has a pretty significant amount of follow up they need to do with personal records. Can you kind of go through that again just to make sure that we all understand that um you know you don't walk out of court and, and everything's set you you might have a fair amount of work to do after the after that fact? Right, right. That that's the part that most people you know, if there's any reason to dissuade somebody from doing this, it's this. You know, so the first step is you what people typically do and what we always recommend is getting a new birth certificate. Uh so you 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 know, apply to get a new birth certificate. That's about fifteen dollars or so, depending on the county that uh, mm-hmm. you live in. And uh, so, once you get the new birth certificate, what I always tell people is, you know, go get a new driver's license, go get a new social security card with with this new name on there. Once you have those two, you know, governmental documents, from there you can go to other places like your bank, your credit card companies, your school, your doctors, your you know voter registration card. Uh, places like that, and, and make sure that all of these entities now have your new name because, you know, legally the previous person is no longer there. You know, they're they're gone. So, you know, you're taking on this new name, you're a new person. So you got to make sure that 
basically any place that you can think of that would have your previous name, your previous information, that all needs to be changed. So, you know, we always recommend first getting a new birth certificate, from there getting a Social Security card, driver's license, and then you're pretty good, you know, you're pretty much good to go in terms of, you know, those are the documentations that most of these other entities, like your bank, like your mortgagee, like your voter registration, your medical office, those are the documents that they want to see. You know, they, they don't really care about your court order. I mean, I suppose you can bring your court order, but, you know, most people don't carry that around with them. Sure. And I, I wanted to ask you earlier when we were uh, talking about the process, um, what should someone anticipate in terms of the amount of time it would take from start to finish to work through uh, this, the, getting their name changed in, in a you know in a legal sense? It, it's relatively quick. I mean, it's, given you know, typical lawsuits are about six months to a year. I mean, a name change petition from the day you file to the day you actually get in front of a judge, it's about sixty days, maybe as late as ninety days. So I would I would budget about you know anywhere from six to I guess at the very latest twelve weeks uh, before you're actually in front of a judge and and typically it's it's one court appearance uh, unless there are some circumstances where somebody didn't follow the right procedures you know you may get a delay here or two in terms of court appearances but typically it's a one court appearance event um, you know it's it's about 60 days and the reason for the delay is the service part of it so mm-hmm. once you file your petition providing these people with notice is is really the the time consuming part of it because you need to give them at least 30 days before you can do anything and then just real quickly before we wrap up here obviously you're involved with these people from from start to finish when they first come in uh, i'm sure you take them through the process and and the issues and concerns we've talked about today uh, are, are you ever in a position to, I wouldn't say talk them out of it, but at least to make sure that they have a plan in place as to why they're doing it, that they understand what they're getting into? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, we do do that. Uh, you know, the one common one that I, I've seen is where a parent is trying to change the name of their minor, and that's the mm-hmm. surname. Um, and typically, depending on the age of the child, you know, we usually recommend why don't we just wait till the child's 18 and let them do that themselves. Um, and the reason for that is it's almost certain that the other parent will come in and contest it, and then you're opening you're, you're opening the door for maybe a drawn out litigation, uh, you know, spending a year in court to fight over a name change when you know if you just simply waited a year or two, it probably wouldn't be an issue. Um, you know, so that we've got those aspects, and then just the you know the, the cause of you know you really want to hammer down on why somebody wants their name changed, um, and you know if it's a valid reason then. We're all for it. If it's something that we can minimize or maybe recommend other other things, then we definitely do that as well. But it's usually the child or the parent that wants to change a child's name is the ones that we have a lot of problems with. Well, great. I want to thank Emil for being with us today. Thank you very much for listening as well, and look forward to having you with us again on future podcasts. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call LaBelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. 